0: You're listening to the .net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. Last poor Yorick, we knew thee well. Cut down before thy eighth episode. <laughs> You've probably heard that this show, the long-awaited adaptation of *Why the Last Man*, was already canceled even before it finished its eighth episode. The reason for that, from what I heard, the viewership was okay at best. But the main reason because there was a very complicated technical issue with contract renewals for the actors, because the show got delayed so many times for when it was going to get filmed. And I think they said for it to renew all the contracts for the actors so they could actually, like, guaranteed get some work, it was going to cost a lot of money that they did not have. So they're like, well, rather than hold the actor's contract hostage for if they're going to get to season two or not, we're just going to release
1: them from the obligation. In retrospect, and I'll say this because I've read the comic, I am kind of embarrassed that I didn't realize how expensive a globetrotting adventure with a monkey and several different state locations as well as venues, including a ship, would be to uh, make into a TV show. So my bad.
0: If only the show looked like it was that expensive to justify
2: the cancellation. <laughs> or, or felt that expensive, <laughs> narratively. Because narratively, it's they're pretty much picking from the bargain bin of shit that's been done yeah. before. Which is unfortunate because the uh, the comic book itself is really quite great.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, it's written by Brian K. Vaughn, who's one of the most acclaimed comic authors. Like, wh- what else has he written? Saga. Yeah. You know, a lot of really great... Like, not all of them are super, super popular, other than Saga among the comic circles kind of thing. In the sense that they're well-known, but you're not going to go like, oh, Why Last Man and Walking Dead are on the exact same level of popularity mm-hmm. kind of thing. But
2: I only learned right. about yeah. Why The Last Man because Chris Cox was a huge fan of it and I listened to is previous podcasts on Spill.com and picked it up for that reason. Back when I had
0: a Borders in my town, I went there and read every single volume just there at the Borders. I, I got a
3: hot chocolate. I... Sir, this is a Wendy's. I mean, a Borders. Yeah. <laughs> you buy it or, or, or get out. Okay. <laughs> There's no one there.
0: I have since been trying to buy it. I, I did pay for snacks and other things as well. But that was, you know, I just got to put my bias on here that Why the Last Man, the comic... Is like in my top three of comic book series that I've
3: ever yeah, read. Same. He's wearing a Y shirt. <laughs> That's
0: a totally different Y to be fair, but I felt it was appropriate. <laughs>
3: <laughs> sure. But enough
0: setup. Why are we talking so much about this show? Because it is Why the Last Man. We love Why the Last Man the comic. And let's see how the show <laughs> matched up. Because I am Justin Zarian. Over
2: here, we got Tessa.
0: Hello. Hey. We got Elliot.
2: Hey, hey,
3: hey.
0: And we got Bradley.
2: Hello. Hello.
0: Tessa, would you like to try and be so bold as to explain what Why the Last Man's about?
3: So Why the Last Man is set in a world very much like our own until one day something really tragic happens and everything and everyone with a y chromosome drops dead to the ground. They don't know what caused it. They're trying to figure it out. Pretty much all the cis men in the world have dropped dead. <laughs> except for one, York. And his monkey. A blundering wannabe magician and guy who teaches small children sleight of hand.
0: <laughs> you know, the ideal candidate to help save the world and keep the white chromosome populated.
3: <laughs> he's supposed to be like really good at like getting away and like getting out of things. Like he's supposed to be like an escape artist as well. But I don't think at any point in this series does he use any of his skills as an escape artist to actually like get away from the bad guys.
2: He's a very blank slate in this series and it's really quite to the detriment of the show i would say you're not really supposed to love him in the comics but he's Mm-mm. he's actually got a personality there and yeah as you're saying you know the magic and the escape artistry really comes into the story and that was like i i completely forgot about that watching the show because he's such a nothing mm-hmm. guy
0: yeah let's not beat around the bush with that stuff because there's some problems with the way this show is written in my opinion because the the source material is so good it has so many great characters And it feels like the showrunner here, Eliza Clark and her team, kind of only took the cliff notes of a lot of stuff in the comic and then just decided to make their own show. On the one hand, they adapted some parts of the comic decently enough. And on the other hand, man, this show is boring. (laughs) So boring.
1: Well, it's so humorless. And there's a lot of dark humor in the comic. Like, the obvious thing The amateur escape artist who practices getting out of a straitjacket every day escapes death when no one else did. How did he do it? Who knows? He doesn't know. Yeah, he doesn't know. (laughs) Like we, the audience, don't know when a magician does it. There's so much to laugh about. But this show is so (laughs) dreary. It's uplifting moments are when terrible things happen to people you don't like. (laughs) I just think that's kind of lame. The relationship, I'll just say right now and let you guys have your peace, between Ampersand and Yorick, probably one of my favorite things about the comic. Because as Tessa, you heard last time, I'm a person. This is my animal. Love is real and unconditional. And so is friendship. I'm like, uh, eh, whatever. Get that, that. That's silly. But Ampersand and Yorick broke the ideal of me in thinking that's phony and i totally believed it to the last issue and it's beautiful and wonderful and poor ampersand in this adaptation is relegated to ghost duties as in he's never around but we hear he exists
0: and that's the problem with having a, a monkey on set and trying to do cg and actual monkeys on, on you know present cuz they yeah. just
2: can't do what they could in the comic was there ever an actual monkey on set he looked like cg the entire time
3: no when they were pitching like to make the movie as opposed to the series they were going to have an actual monkey instead of cgi i don't i don't think for this they had an actual monkey because i don't think the optics on that would have been great i could be wrong but i mean we're in a pandemic and so maybe having a monkey on set was maybe not ideal yeah what's that
1: adorable monkey from the hangover up to she's still kicking (laughs) around isn't she that's just the thing with
0: this is that when you say it's dreary it's not just dreary like other dark shows is dreary it just feels like it's so lifeless it's just dry and hollow and slow and it's Not terribly surprising since Eliza Clark previously worked on stuff like The Killing and some other shows. But it just feels like there's no momentum. There's no drive. There's no clear focus as to what the characters are all trying to accomplish until, what, like the last two episodes when they started to actually move the plot forward. I really tried to dig into this show, but it just took forever for anything of significance to happen with these characters.
2: Probably one of the worst Parts of the show for me were the daughters of the Amazon. Ooh. Really reminded me of the slowest, worst parts of The Walking Dead. Yeah, as you're saying it's a very slow, meandering story with absolutely no thrust. Yeah. Besides Missy Pyle playing the leader of the cult. Her and Marin Ireland are the only good things about that part of the show, I thought.
3: I kinda wish we were getting another season, because I feel like there's a lot of promise here and a lot of good things. And a lot of TV shows, if you think of some of your favorite TV shows, was the first season amazing? Maybe not. Mm
2: -hmm. The
3: first season of Buffy wasn't great. I love Buffy. But that first season, uh, probably going to pass. They're all trying to find their feet and figure out what do we do now? The world has kind of, more than half of it, you know, has disappeared. And they're realizing how fucked they truly are. And the fact that they're all kind of rudderless right now. I feel like it's forgivable because they're all trying to figure out well, what the fuck do we do now and I feel like that works story-wise yeah but it feels like it takes forever for that to happen with some of the characters I mean how long did it take any of us to figure out what we wanted to do with our fucking lives? well in the comic no, it took true. three issues
0: like like yeah. t- like three issues for them to get the plot going and
3: that's pretty much what this covered was the first three issues maybe two even because I've read only like the first several issues of this comic I haven't read all of it all the way through, but I felt like what I had read and what was in this first season was pretty good, pretty like on par as far as like this is about the same. And Yorick being kind of an oaf and kind of a goober, I felt was pretty <laughs> on par with how he was in the comic. Now, he may have evolved more and his character may have gotten better, and y'all read it all the way through, it sounds like, then you mm-hmm. would be more attached to him at that point. But I only read the first Very couple true. comics, and I feel like. It's pretty on brand with how he was at the beginning of the comics. So I feel like this is a pretty decent adaptation so far. And if they kept going, maybe they would have gotten to the point of the comics that y'all really seem to like.
0: Yeah, I just reread volume one to prep for this. I don't feel like this is a very good adaptation. Because the problem is, is that they really want to give all the other female characters and women characters and trans characters their own spotlight. Which is good on paper. I think that's a really great idea. Except they... Didn't really account for the fact that not everyone's stories were that compelling to give them a full season arc here. Because in the comic, Yorick, Agent 355, and Dr. Mann are clearly the leads. Like they're the ones who we follow for the majority of the story and then occasionally dive into other people's plots. In this one, they give equal weight to those three characters Yorick's mother, who becomes the president of the United States in this version, Yorick's sister, who joins the whole stuff with the Amazons, kind of sort of. The new trans best friend that she has in the story, the new characters for the Amazons, Amber Tamblyn's character, Marin Ireland's character. There's a lot of people they're trying to juggle. And I would say only maybe two of those plot lines were actually any good. Because anytime they focused on Yorick's and 355's plot, I thought both those actors were really, really good. Like, I really thought they nailed the dynamic of 355 and Yorick. And that's the most progressive plot in terms of moving the plot forward. And then the times where they would focus on characters like Missy Pyle or even Sam, played by Elliot Fletcher, the trans man character who's a friend of Heroes, their stories were really, really fascinating. It's just that we had to spend over half this season with the freaking boring White House plot in this story that went absolutely nowhere when you think about the grand scheme of
1: the plot. Now, I will say that I've lived in Canada for almost up to a decade. So this might just be me. If there was a cataclysmic event that took place in the world and more than half of us disappeared, how the line of successions worked during apocalypse in uh, the White House would be the last thing on my mind. Maybe <laughs> it's just me. But I also want to point out this show did a 180 for me when Yorick and Agent 355, played by Ashley Romans meet up with Allison Mann, played by Dana because she's fantastic as Dr. Mann. I don't think anyone else could have done a better job. I really enjoyed that the trio from the comic was, maybe it's nostalgia and rose-colored glasses, but she's wonderful. And after that, I actually started enjoying all of the plots, except for the White House stuff. The TV show-only stuff. It either worked really well or was a disaster, and I didn't want to hear about it. So, yeah, season one, you know, I think you had a point with that, Tessa.
0: Yeah. It it really feels like the problem that Preacher had with season Mm -hmm. one, where they took essentially the first issue of the comic and made a season out of it, and you just felt like you were stuck in that freaking town forever in that show. (laughs) And this one kind of feels the same way. You're just stuck in this freaking White House with Diane Lane, who... I'm sorry, of all the actors in this, I thought Diane Lane was phoning it in hardcore in this show. Oh, like she, I, I didn't
1: she, think so, but I'm a, I'm a big fan. What?
0: It just felt like she had <laughs> one speed throughout this whole show. And maybe it was just because they didn't really give her much to do
2: dramatically, I felt like. Yeah, that's true. Her character's one note is like, I'm trying to keep things together, which makes sense, mm-hmm. given who she is. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't make for a very interesting role.
0: No, and part of the problem there, too, is that with her and a lot of the other people... When we say that there's a worldwide event in this show, the way people react to it almost feels like it's an event that's only happening in the White House and in Boston, (laughs) because there's so little scope of the world and people's emotional responses to it. Like, it takes almost eight episodes for anyone to actually have an emotional reaction to the fact that half of the population is dead outside of the, oh, I guess we're all going to die. Oh, it really sucks. Ah, oh, this feels this. <laughs> it, it just it felt like it was so
1: muted. So much of this comic it's based is whoa the dreary's getting up to twelve. So when the silver linings do come, they hit hard, and they hit genuinely. Uh, me and my wife read this issue to issue together as it was being released, and she does not read comics. That's how positive dreary, positive dreary amazingly inspirationally beautiful the comic was this show is all doesn't life suck yeah it does <laughs> sucks more for that guy over there though huh or the woman over there and like can we get a little bit of silver lighting out of someone please and either i missed it or it just didn't happen. It's very odd.
0: Yeah. And, and occasionally, York will jump in to go, Waka, Waka, just to try and occasionally inject some <laughs> levity in this.
3: Watching the first episode, I definitely reacted pretty strongly myself watching it. Who knew that watching a film about half of the world dying would elicit an emotional response? Oh, sure. I got sure. I got a little weepy. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, yeah. shit, this is really fucking heavy. So to Bradley's point, yes, this is not an upper. I mean, it got an emotional response out of me. And I... Don't really recall the comic book being hilarious, so I don't really know what y'all are talking about. But
0: in the first volume, Diane, well, the character Diane's playing, Jennifer Brown, caper tosses Yorick over her shoulder in that one scene when he sneaks up on her. That made me laugh mm-hmm. out loud, <laughs> that, like episode, uh, issue two kind of thing. Yeah. Nothing like that happens in the show. Maybe I register humor differently than you, Tessa,
1: but. I don't know. There should be more dark humor, and there isn't. <laughs> But.
0: <laughs> yeah you know i have a lot of things to say and obviously we don't have the time to cover all of them but i think one overriding point that kind of didn't work in this show's favor aside from kind of flat directing and writing at certain points i thought the show look was really cheap in terms of production value because clearly they shot this during covid and you can tell because there's whole sequences where there should be groups of people in quotey fingers and there's like 12 women lined up in front of a gate. The scale is so reduced. The, the scope is so narrow. The, the cinematography is just kind of artless throughout most of this. I just never felt like it was more than just Basic cable television levels of glossy.
1: No, but I didn't expect it to be more than that. I don't know much about FX, Hulu, or their productions. Though.
0: I mean, well, even like stuff like Atlanta, which Atlanta is a very cheap show, but I feel like that was better looking compared to something like
1: this. No, you're not wrong. i
2: mean It's a show like The X Files, you know, in a lot of ways, which isn't really a, a hit on The X Files, but it's just yeah, it's just got that very cheap, generic. We're gonna get the shots we need. You know, straight on, no interesting angles, because we need to wrap this shit up. <laughs>
0: and honestly, of all the characters who Yeah, all the characters who we adapted in this show, just to kinda of wind down some thoughts, that I mean, some of them are pretty faithful, like the lead three, like we mentioned, are decently faithful to their comic counterparts. Yeah. But the people they really mangled in this version were Hero and Beth, I feel like. Where man, what did they do to Hero in this plot?
3: Yeah. I didn't quite get that. It was a bit of a quick of a turn. Well, who
1: is she supposed to even be? She just seemed like the one event and then didn't get anything else to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and then the thing she does in the first episode is so laughably filmed that you couldn't take it seriously for the rest of the season. You're like, I feel like this is supposed to be heavy drama, but the way it happened, it was almost like, like, like Pratt Falls, the way it occurred. Yeah.
1: Well, it could have been like i said earlier some of that dark comedy but even they and olivia Thurlby is taking it so seriously like i wanted her to tell somebody what happened what experience she went through and i wanted the person she told to kind of laugh and be like sorry you know because it is kind of funny given the circumstance what she did and then what happens an hour later you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but they don't they don't let that breathe in any way. It's just I'm bottling this up. And now I'm a weird wandering. Listen to anybody who talks to me and be it their beck and call, whoever it is. It doesn't matter who. I'm a puppet to circumstance. And maybe that's the point. Maybe it isn't. And I think Olivia Thirlby is great in a lot of things that she's in so i'm not sure why she wasn't given much character in this when she's supposed to be one of the leads arguably
0: yeah and then beth they completely change her plot because they weren't going to film in australia obviously with the restrictions
1: oh i didn't see this is what i mean by i didn't think big enough of course they're not going to film in australia yeah. that's too bad so they
0: completely change her motive and Yorick's motive to where she's really not even all that compelling a part of the story until the last two episodes
1: well she she's the only one thinking rationally like why hero and yorick don't do immediately what beth does is lost on me yeah like why aren't you both headed to this location it's so
0: awkward. I feel like I could just ramble about stuff I think about this show and I think we should wind down. Yeah, if
1: I'm any more vague people will be like, what is he even talking about?
3: Yeah, I was about to say, we're dancing around the, the <laughs> subject so much that I'm not even sure what we're talking about I watched <laughs> the show.
1: I, I apologize. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I
0: really don't want to spoil stuff because I could. I could tell you note for note things that bug me about this show from the, like, not just in terms of the in relation to the comic, but even in terms of just watching it as its own show. Because so I I watched almost every episode with my wife, Lexi, who has never read the comic before, and I was really excited to see what she thought compared to what I thought. And about episode eight, after we tried to marathon through this for, like, weeks, she... Mm-hmm. The episode was just about to end, and she looked over to me and she said, I think I've had enough. And she just got up and went to the bath, Aww. where she felt bathing would be a more interesting <laughs> idea than watching anymore Aww. of the
2: show. Wash yourself of the show. <laughs> yeah,
0: wash the stank off. Because <laughs> that's the thing, is where... I'm not surprised this got canceled even on that note just because I feel like for fans of the comic, they're going to be divided on the accuracy and adaptation of it. But for newcomers, they're going to be divided on if they find the story compelling or not. And it's just weird how this missed the mark on
2: that. The comic book is so full of life on every panel. It's got action going on. And this is a lot of sitting and talking in, you know, boardrooms and kind of saying the same thing over and over again in a lot of places, Which, you know, really doesn't help the momentum of the show. Someone we haven't really talked about yet was Amber Tamlin playing I mean let's just say it it's Megan McCain. Yeah. (laughs) She looks like Megan McCain. She sounds like (laughs) Megan McCain. She acts like Megan McCain. Yeah, not in the comic at all, and it really feels like someone in the writer's room was like, Hey, what if we dropped Megan McCain into this world? Because wouldn't that be interesting? And it, it could be interesting, and they kind of hint at doing some interesting things. And actually, her character is one of the reasons I want to see a second season. It feels like there is potential in her storyline. But the writing wasn't there this season, and the acting wasn't really there that uh, either. I like Amber Tamlin, but she just... She, wasn't striking the right notes for me. Like a lot of things in this show, how they treated Hero was super weird, just Mm. right off the bat, the way they set up her character. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this for quite a long time. I read this series probably about five years ago, really, really loved it, and was really eager to get on this review, and this is probably one of my biggest TV disappointments in quite a long time. I mean, all that being said, I, I agree, I'd actually like to see this find another home. There's a lot of shows that have started off very weak, only to get better. And this is, you know, something that has such promise in its material. But if we don't get one, you know, this adaptation was, was not a great one. And maybe in 10 years we'll get, you know, that movie they were trying to make. <laughs> I'll give this 6 out of 10 Meghan McCain cameos. <laughs> no, the actual Meghan McCain does not cameo in this. Don't worry, people.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like I said earlier, I... Didn't hate this. There definitely were issues. I also didn't like Hero's treatment of her character. So that was something I also didn't like. But one thing I did feel like they handled properly was the inclusion of trans men into the equation, which was pretty progressive. And I feel like was a step in the right direction where they kind of, I think, mentioned it a little bit in the comics, but they kind of just gloss over it, really. It is a factor in the comics because they they
0: mentioned explicitly, like, yeah, for a lot of the women who needed or wanted men in their lives... They actually did have a lot of people who became trans or accepted more trans people into their communities. And this one is much more explicitly stated in comparison.
3: Sure. I knew that it was, like, kind of mentioned in the comics, but this, they really just were like, yeah, this is a thing. They're not going to just kind of, like, have it be, like, a one-off conversation and then never see anybody that's trans. I don't know. I feel like they should give this another shot, a second season. I disagree with the Diane Lane phoning it in. I feel like she was playing someone who was having to step into a role as being president. I feel like she was composed and just trying to keep it together. I feel like Diane did a good job. I feel like Yorick maybe could have been a bit stronger. I don't know. There's just so many things, there's so many different moving parts and I think that's What's throwing everyone is there's all these disparate storylines that aren't quite interweaving yet, but eventually we're going to in some capacity. And I feel like they tied off a lot of loose ends there very quickly. They're like, oh, well, I guess we're not getting another season, even though they filmed this before they knew that, though. Right. Or they did they kind of know? It was way
0: filmed and finished before they even got the renewal status, okay. which I'm sure they were all ready to get a second season going. Only
3: if they knew they were going to come back and they weren't. (laughs) So So I feel like they wrapped up some things maybe too quickly and other things took too long. I would probably give this 7.5 out of 10 dancing to no scrubs with a very obvious scrub.
1: (laughs) I have been kind of fanboying a lot this review because of my love for the comic. It's a very sentimental comic for me. As I said, me and my wife read it together and she does not read comics, you guys. That's like the first one she's read beginning to end and that's wonderful to me. So I am interested how would I react to this if I didn't read the comic? Uh, I know for sure I would love Missy Pyle as Roxanne kind of mentally and psychologically duking it out with Nora Brady played by Marin Ireland. I actually very much enjoyed that beginning to end and there really isn't anyone that's bad in this, in my opinion. I love the way Amber Tamblyn chews scenery. I don't think Megan McCain would act the way that she does or say certain things that she said, running a train on Yorick to save mankind.
0: Probably not. Yeah, which doesn't come up until
1: her very last scene of the season. <laughs> right. Yeah, again, no, sorry for that spoiler, but huh? And... <laughs> I was wondering what happened. I was just like, wait, where are we right now? <laughs> Who, who's writing this? And really, my biggest nitpicks—so dreary. Like it's like a Futurama joke when you hear a window break, and Fry go, "What was that?" And Bender's like, "I don't know. We better start looting." <laughs> Why is everyone like that in this show? Nobody has any noble or good qualities, and that's so strange. Because honestly, maybe it's because I've lived in a ton of areas, but you can usually count on the kindness of strangers in a crisis especially in towns and cities we've all lived through that we're old enough to remember seeing people on tv the 24 7 after 2001 of people helping strangers so not even a hint of that in the show was really bringing me down
3: bradley that that orange is the new black town was pretty all right right you're right the,
1: the Yeah, actually, I appreciate that.
0: I was surprised we didn't see some of the actors from that show in that scene.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they kind of were posturing as the bottom of the barrel, but they were the only humane characters this whole show. So, yeah, I'll give this six half beaten to death boxes of corn pops.
3: (laughs) Put down down the corn pops.
0: Wow. I did not expect to be the one to give it the lowest score on this review, but... Here we are, because <laughs> I kind of hated this, honestly. I, you know, I try to give it as fair a shot, because I really was looking forward to this. Like, when I was doing Breakfast Pub stuff, I would always make sure that any Why the Last Man news was being prioritized on the list. And after all that hype, and then seeing the news that the original creators had left over creative differences, and some other stuff that was coming out, it gave me a little pause, but I was still optimistic. And I was just really... Disappointed by this. I was kind of shocked at how amateur and mediocre a lot of it came out as. Like, again, I just feel like even outside of the dreariness, because it can be dreary, it's a dark subject, it just felt very listless. It felt very bland. It felt very toast at points. Like, there's certain dramatic beats that happen, and I had zero impact whatsoever when they occurred. Like, there's a big death that happens at the last episode. In the comic, that was a big thing. In the show, you're just like, oh, well, I mean, Six of one, half dozen another <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Which is sad. I shouldn't feel that way about that. But, yeah, that didn't sell very well. I Again, I thought the production was cheap. I thought the action sequences sucked in this show. They were all poorly edited and poorly shot for the most part. I don't know. I just felt like this show made every wrong turn possible in trying to take really good source material and just going, Eh, we can kind of just do our own thing. Whatever. So... It's not devoid of any quality. Like we said, the cast on the whole is pretty good. I Again, I didn't really care for Diane Lane at all, which is partly the writing's fault as much as the acting. You know, she can only make with what she's given. But I really liked Ben Schnetzer. I liked Ashley Romans. I liked Elliot Fletcher. I liked Amber Tamblin, and Mary Ireland on the whole. I thought there were some really good performances. Missy Pyle totally stole the show for the last, like, four episodes. It just never really amounted to the sum of its parts. And if there is going to ever be a second season, they need to make some really drastic changes. You know, they need to change the tone. They need to give it some more money. They need to have some confidence in just relying on the source material to speak for itself rather than all these new plot points with scenes that don't have endings. There's so many scenes in this show where things happen and then they just cut the commercial break. And you're like... Oh, that was the end of the scene. Uh, okay. <laughs> Whatever, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm i just kind of frustrated. It feels like this was just such a missed opportunity. And it's my, currently my least favorite show I watched this year. It's There's probably been worse shows because I, I don't watch everything. My time is precious. But this one personally affected you. <laughs> <laughs> it really... You know, I, I don't want to be angry about this, but the more I've had to think about it since watching the last episode this week, I really didn't enjoy my experience watching this. It was really dull. So... I'm going to give this
1: four out of ten monkeys eating
0: communion wafers.
1: <laughs> why the last man, as in why is there a last man, or why <laughs> question things, or why his name, like, get it? It's layered, and the, the showrunners are like, eh.
2: But he's always asking, why the last man? Nobody asks, how's the last man?
1: Yeah. How is he? <laughs> the, the real question to ask is, why us?
0: <laughs>
2: Honestly, <laughs> why,
0: why us? Oh. Why us? Oh. <laughs>